Alrighty, here we go. Greetings and salutations muggles, and welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 22. Do you remember when, in chapter 22 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Harry deliberately extorts his Uncle Vernon by leveraging his convicted murderer and wanted fugitive godfather? It's not a good look for the beloved protagonist to be threatening and intimidating his own family with his own family. Sometimes I just can't stand precocious youth and its glorification by society. Reminds me of last year, when the world went nuts over that plagiarizing Swedish kid, she who must not be named, who was fanatically celebrated for reminding us all about climate change. Now, had she developed the instrumentation to calculate CO2 emissions in the atmosphere, or diligently tracked ambient temperature fluctuations over time, it would be a very different story. Instead she simply parroted back what scientists have been warning us about for decades. I will admit however, to her credit, she is smarter than the dopey climate change skeptics, but then again, so is the common raccoon. Apparently people are more willing to take advice on existential threats from children over educated specialists. It's a shame I'm old AF, if I were younger, I would be out there warning the world to not drink and drive, and other super basic shit everyone already knows like, whoever smelled it dealt it. If I am being truly honest though, more than her accomplishments and fanfare, it's her youthfulness I begrudge the most. It boils down to me being jealous and bitter above not being able to play the call of duties of the future, as I will be too old and frail to pick up the sticks, or too dead. Moving on to more advanced advice. Full disclosure, I have not personally tried this one out, as it sounds like a fantastically far-fetched facts pulled from the pages of Professor Sprout's herbology textbooks. Do you remember when some really mean and imaginative scientists grew a human ear on the back of a lab mouse, like a little bungled up stegosaurus? Supposedly, so too is it possible to rip off a branch from say a peach tree and attach or graft it onto a different type of fruiting plant, like a plum tree, and create a plant that produces both peaches and plums. Another common example is an orange tree that has been grafted with other citrus varieties like lemon, grapefruit and key lime pies. The possibilities are endless, and endlessly exciting. One cannot help but wonder how far an enterprising amateur botanist can build upon this knowledge. Someday, in spite of what my third realtor said before firing me, I will finally be a homeowner, and the first order of business will be to plant myself a mango slash cilantro slash coffee slash maraschino cherry slash tobacco slash catnip slash garlic slash opium tree. Okay, peep this out. This week I attended a good canine citizen graduation ceremony. There's not much more to that story, other than to reiterate, not having children is pretty great. How many people with kids do you think have the time to, during a weekday, assemble to cheer for a dog receiving a diploma for not licking itself in public? Yet, I suspect that good canine citizen might be a meaningless, empty title because the recipient dog would not stop barking and pulling on her leash and she even scratched the shit out of my leg while uncontrollably jumping me. That, or the undocumented canines must be exceptionally rude. I wouldn't know, I don't know if you've heard, but I am more of a cat person meow self. Speaking of purr babies, my precious cat's ever-growing list of ailments keeps on ever-growing. We can now add diabetes to an overfull list that already included IBD, full-blown AIDS, arthritis, urinary crystals, face herpes and suicidal ideation. If only he were not so unbearably charming and lovable, 
The decision to trade him in would be an easy one, but that is not an option, as I can unbiasedly and without exaggeration announce that he quite literally embodies everything that is positive and wholesome in this universe. However, here's a recent unfortunate development, I feed him breakfast in the mornings, right? And that little prick has taken to waking me up at 5 by purring up a storm and sometimes licking my lips, even on the weekends. The fact that I haven't crucified this mofo is a testament to how enchantingly charismatic he is. Poor guy, and poor me. Even if that rumor about cats having nine lives is true, by my calculations, this old fellow is already way in the red. Good thing I am on top of this. Over the last few days, I have learned so much about feline diabetes. For instance, did you know that the same insulin that is prescribed to humans can be used to treat cats and dogs? And that insulin is prohibitively expensive in this country? Pro tip number one, it is more affordable to have Canadian insulin shipped to you at about a third of the price you would pay in the US. Pro tip number two, it's even more affordable still to not get sick in the first place. At what point did surviving an illness become a luxury in this country? Insulin and other life-saving medications should be made readily accessible to the masses. And Big Pharma can make its money from frivolous and opulent medicines like Viagra. In fact, charge those limp dudes an extra premium tax on their little blue pills. In an unacceptably overpopulated planet, the last thing we need is more boners. Hang in there. Name redacted. B A K A Quesadilla Boy A K A Arby's Boy A K A Pizza Crust Boy A K A Turkey B L T Boy A K A Burrito Boy Boy A K A Coconut Shrimp Boy A K A Bloody Mary Boy A K A Meatball Sub Boy A K A K F C Boy. Shit. I wonder if all those supplementary feedings may have contributed to his most recent diagnosis. Well, that's it for today. Hope you learned something good. Robot rant completed.